from the campus of Gardner Webb University and the Elliott House Podcast Studios, welcome to Web Chat. I'm Noel T. Manning II. On this show, we'll explore the people, programs, and possibilities of life at the web. Recently, we got a chance to spend some time with alumna Ashley Mays. She's an author with a very audience-specific focus, and she credits Gardner Webb University with opening her eyes to some creative opportunities. It's also appropriate to spotlight Ashley as we launch National Write a Novel Month in November. So hang around. We'll be right back with that conversation with 2007 Gardner Webb alumna, Ashley Mays. Gardner Webb University now offers a graduate degree for public servants. The fully accredited 10 month Master of Public Administration, or MPA, will prepare students for careers in government and nonprofit agencies. It's 100% online with tuition under 20000 The degree is geared towards working professionals and taught by faculty who are public service experts. For more information on the Gardner Webb MPA 10, contact Alex Carroll at 704 406 2660. Ashley Mays, really appreciate you taking time. I'm glad we can make this happen. I wondered, I was wondering if it was ever going to happen. So I'm glad, glad that we've been able to connect uh, to talk about uh, your love of writing. Uh, and I'm just thank, thankful uh, that you're able to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, give us a little bit of background about who is Ashley Mays. You know, you're, you're a little brief bio so we can get to know you a little bit before we dive into some of the questions. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Ashley Mays. I write contemporary fiction for fierce young women of faith. That's my tagline. Fierce is an acronym for all sorts of little things that I just kind of made up. It stands for following Jesus, integrity driven, emotionally healthy, relationally smart, continually growing and engaged with her community. And so that's kind of what I like to write for is teen girls who are working toward those things in their lives. And I do that through contemporary fiction. So that's where I ended up. It's always been a love of mine. I started writing when I was really young and obviously took it on through college. And now through middle age, I'm happy to keep writing. It's my thing. Well, you know, we'll talk about that love of writing. Where did that come from early on? Um, I know that you um, have family members that have been connected to books in some form or fashion. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My mom, uh, I think reading was a big deal to her. And so she always read to my brother and I when we were little. Um, and I picked up reading on my own. Uh, and just started reading really well when I was really young and uh, kept reading for a long time. Um, and then when I was in fourth grade, we had these state writing tests where we all learned, oh, here's how you structure a story. Here's the way you tie it up, all those fun things. And I just fell in love. I was like, this is this is my thing. I This is so much fun for me. And I ended up writing a story about Mexican jumping beans or something like that for my for my state <laughs> writing test and I passed so it must have been okay uh, but that's where I fell in love with writing and then a little bit later my mom ended up uh, becoming a librarian at a Christian library in our city where I grew up and um, I used to go actually over to her library every day after school the the middle school that I went to was across the street from her library and so I go over after school every day and hang out do my homework there and it was like having my own personal library and so <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure I read 
every book published between like 1996 and 2003 like <laughs> they were it was it was just everything was right there for me and I loved it it was so fun and um it was really special for her too because she got to see me all the time and we got to enjoy this space filled with books together for a really long time and I don't think many people get that <laughs> well well to to be able to uh have a, a child that embraces some of the same loves that you do uh, and, and to do it organically, I think that's something that is absolutely beautiful. And I think all parents would wish something like that. You want your, your children to find their own way, but when they find their way that it's also connected to your way, there's something <laughs> special about that. There's something we really have special something about that. something in common. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, where did where did you grow up? Where's your Where was your home? We grew up, I grew up in uh, Weddington area outside of Charlotte, just outside of Charlotte. Um, yeah, lived in Charlotte until um, until I went to Gardner Webb, and then went to Gardner Webb and graduated, and actually moved to Colorado. So, okay. <laughs> but I don't okay. live there anymore. We moved back to the South, where it's warm and humid and not freezing. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Colorado gets a little bit. It's cold a little cold during, during the winter months. Well, um, in in 2022, you released the Great Date Experiment, and uh, I'd love to get a little snapshot of the characters, the story, and offer some background on where the story idea came from. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the Great Date Experiment was published in June. Um, it, it, a publisher came and, and put it under contract a couple of years ago, and it takes a significant chunk of time for it to <laughs> work its way through and actually get to publication. So publication was in June. Um, it is contemporary young adult fiction. Um, and because I write I'd like to say faith friendly. So it's not a heavy handed faith message, but it is clean fiction. Um, in this particular book, uh, the synopsis is, um, there's a, a, the main character's name is Callie Christensen. And so when Callie Christensen's ex-best friend shows up on her front porch and asks her to go on 21 dates with him for a publicity stunt that could make her dreams come true, she has to decide if agreeing to his great date experiment is worth the risk at another heartbreak at his hands. And so um, the idea for it actually came to me because I, I'm, I'm a really big information person. I like to take in a lot of information. I'm, I listen a lot. I'm not much of a talker. And so I just kind of uh, listen to a lot of podcasts, watch a lot of documentaries, read a lot of books, all that sort of stuff. And somewhere along the way, I think I heard a podcast interview <laughs> of two friends and they were talking about um, how they had been close friends growing up and they hit, you know, like 25 or something and they were both single and they were like, hey, maybe we should do an experiment and date and <laughs> see what happens. And I was like, hey, that would be really funny to for me to write like my own version of that. They ended up publishing their own book. It's called 40 Days of Dating an Experiment. And it's, <laughs> I mean, read with caution, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's definitely uh, an adult book. And, but it was, it was, that spark, that spark of inspiration yeah. for me to go, oh, well, this would be a really fun story. And I think I'd like to write it with teen characters. And so that's kind of where it took off. And um, when I write, I'm, I'm what's called a pantser. So it means I write by the seat of my pants. I don't plot anything <laughs> out. Um, I just kind of 
put the words out there and see what happens. And so when I started writing the book, I had no idea where it was going. Um, okay. it, it took me about two months to write the whole thing, start to finish. And, um, and then I went back and it took me about another six months to edit and fix all my plot holes and the things that happen when you don't plot ahead of time. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it, the, the whole inspiration came from that one book and, and it turned into a world of its own. So you said uh, two months. Talk about that um, aspect of writing. Do you dedicate time to writing uh, or do you uh, just let it kind of happen? Um, I know for some it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to spend, you know, two hours today writing. I'm going right. to spend, you know, write 800 words today. What is your process? And I, I know you said the seat of the pants, but there is still a process. Yeah, <laughs> You're right. right. <laughs> yeah. When I'm in writing mode, when I'm in drafting mode, I, I have a word count, a daily word count that I like to hit for myself. And I do that six days a week. Um, so it, for me, it's 1200 words a day. Um, and I can, I feel like that's a good good fit for me because it's not overwhelming, but it's not so little that you feel like you're not making any progress. And it, yeah. it takes about two and a half, two months-ish, depending. Sometimes, I mean, I go over my word count, but um, when, yeah, it's important <laughs> to have the, the daily goal. Uh, you can't just sit and wait for inspiration to kind of hit you. You have to, yeah. you have to work at it. And sometimes that means really bad content, but, um, that's okay. Like it's, I call it, you just, you just got to get in the sandbox and, and right. throw stuff up there and see what happens. <laughs> Did you find that the writing for this came pretty easily once you kind of got into, um, the, the story idea? It, yes, it, it does. And the more that you kind of prime yourself to get in that mindset of, I sit down, I do my 1200 words and the quicker the words come. Um, at first it's really slow going and it's like my brain's fighting me the whole way there and I'm just trying to make it happen. Um, but the longer I do it, uh, the speedier I can get. Uh, there's in November, it's called National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo, a lot of writers do that. <laughs> it's, crazy. We all try to write 60,000 words in a month. That's, it's, it's a lot. It's significant. And especially like over Thanksgiving and stuff. Um, but I usually find that at the beginning of NaNoWriMo, I'm a lot slower than at the end. It's like, just get it out there. <laughs> it's definitely a process. Well, well, cause you know, at the end of November, you've got Thanksgiving. So, yes. you know, you've got, yes. you've got some time. <laughs> like, gonna be I would rather away. have pie than be doing this. <laughs> Or you could write about pie because I, I know like you love to write about food. Yes. Moon pie, moon pie uh, is something that shows up. Now, do you like moon pies? I do. I love <laughs> them. They have a special place in my heart. And when we moved from <laughs> North Carolina to Colorado, I was like, what do you mean? You people don't know what moon pies are. This is, <laughs> this is a staple where I come from. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that when I saw that uh, in, in your book, the moon pies, I'm like, yes. It's such a southern thing. And um, now, now, is there a particular moon pie you're drawn to? Because there's so many different flavors there now. Are. I just really like the originals. <laughs> That's okay. my favorite. Like, how can you how can you improve on the original? It's just <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you talked about your the inspirations for for this came from you know listening to an interview podcast. 
Is that where you think your other writing inspirations come from when you're just writing for, for the joy of it? Is it from things that you experience, things that you hear, uh, things that you read or see? Yeah, you know, for me, it's um, a lot of asking what if questions. Um, I think a lot of us who write are creatives and a lot of creatives have a lot of anxiety issues. <laughs> and so I have a brain that naturally asks what if this were to happen? And a lot of times that comes out in anxiety of like, oh, what if this terrible thing is going to happen? But <laughs> on the other hand, it really serves me well as an author because I'm constantly asking, oh, well, what if that person over there was going to uh, connect with that person over there and this person had a bad day and this person had a good day and then they clashed and you know it's just asking all these what if questions and sometimes they're really interesting ideas and they turn into something really fun and sometimes they're nothing but it doesn't really matter I write it all down so I have a whole file of ideas I will probably never ever ever get to all of them but they they go somewhere and I give myself that freedom to just say to just kind of let my brain run amok and go what if, what if, what if? And then I just write it all down and see what happens. <laughs> There's something very therapeutic about, about doing that creatively and, and getting that out there, whether it's writing or art or, or music uh, or, or performing, you know, whatever it is, I think that everyone needs to find some type of outlet to express themselves and uh, it can be done through sports. I mean, there's, there's no, the, the beauty of it is there's no particular thing that, that's a mold that fits everyone. But I do think there's something therapeutic about being able to write, especially my, my father was uh, a writer, uh, a musician and an artist. And so he expressed himself in all of those different ways. And um, he passed away a year ago and it's been, um, therapeutic for me to go back and look at his works um, wow. and look at his writings. And um, you know, I've, I've um, been you know, given all of his artwork and to just kind of see his expressions come through that. So there's something very therapeutic about, about that. And it sounds like- That is for, so cool. What a legacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be able to have it and now for me to be able to share that with others, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate and blessed. And you know, you're talking about the writings that you've got that you know, may never get published, but they're still there. And there's still mm -hmm. uh, thoughts that came from you that, that are going to be there. They're always going to be there as yeah. long as, uh, you know, as long as those files exist and those papers exist, it's <laughs> there. So for you, do you find the therapy uh, as well through it? I do. I do. I find that if I, every once in a while I get frustrated and it's like, I'm not writing again for like three weeks. And it lasts, I don't know, a couple of days before I'm like, no, this is not, this is not working. It is very much how I express myself, how I find my comfort in my world, how I um, process things that I've been through. Uh, very often, I really don't know what I think or feel about something until I write about it. Um, and it's just, it's such a, such a comforting process to me to be able to sit down with a pen and paper or at my computer and just let it all come out and see what happens. And then I can go back and read through it. And it's like, oh, I see the themes here. I see what I'm trying to get out. I see how, why I'm struggling with this thing or this thing. Yeah. And it's, it's just really interesting to see, to see how it takes this uh, chaos 
and and kind of gives it a structure and a, and a purpose almost. Yeah. Are, are there certain times of day that you feel you're most prolific from your writing standpoint? Sadly, it's like midnight. <laughs> I've tried for a long time to be a morning person. My dad and my brother are morning people. And, and I'm like, I can't do it. I, I'm so tired in the mornings. But yeah, right about 10 o'clock at night, it's like, hey, I have great ideas. And so I'm always middle of the night up and writing. And I did that middle school all the way wow. till now. Wow. Hey. <laughs> If it works, if it works, let it work. <laughs> Get stuff done. It's just, um, yeah, it doesn't work out real well when you have like, you know, 8 a.m. classes oh, yeah. or 8 a.m. <laughs> meetings. And <laughs> well, uh, you had mentioned earlier uh, about you know, the aspects of, of, of anxiety and, and getting that anxiety out there and, and writing about things. And for many teenagers, uh, 17 year olds, there's this, uh, it's a time in their life where they are at this transition point. And they are trying to figure out, okay, what's next? You know, people are asking me, okay, what college am I going to go to? What am I going to do after high school? So how do you get into the hearts and the minds of 17-year-olds? And um, how, how do you make that happen and bring that to life in a way that feels very real uh, on page? That's such a big question. I, I love 17-year-olds. And I find that most of my young adult fiction, my characters are 17. And I think it goes back to, because when I was 17, that felt like such a big time of life, such a pivotal time for me that I really want to, it's in a way it's me trying to reach back through time and help myself and go, oh, these are the challenges that you're experiencing. And I want to come back and tell you it's going to be okay you're it feels terrifying and for good reason like there's so much unknown and it feels very scary and and you just don't know but on the other side of it it's like I can come back and go and give a gift to my 17 year old self and say but it's it's okay it's okay to be uncertain it's okay to have no idea what you're going to do it's okay it will, you will find your people, you will find the things that you love, you will find your purpose. It, it just, you have to sit in the nebulous, squishy middle time for a little bit and see what happens. And I, I really hope that that comes through with my characters. I really hope that, that when teens read my books, that they're able to see themselves in these characters and say, ha, I know, I feel comfort. I feel like this is a friend. I feel like even if I have no idea what's going on, it's, there is hope for my future. There, there is something I can look forward to. (laughs) Well, I see that um, as the case, not just for the 17 year olds, but also um, working on a a college campus and seeing college students come through. I, I see it also on this kind of tail end of college life when, when students are, are getting ready to graduate, you know, they're just, they're maybe in their last year or last semester. And there's still a lot of these, this kind of uncertainty. It's like, okay, now these expect, what are the next expectations in my life? So I think you're, this story particularly is one that can appeal to anyone that's going through that transition period, whatever that transition period looks like. And I, I think we all, um, can experience that and uh, and relate to that, whether it's thinking back to that time, or maybe it's even, uh, you know, maybe it's even a current time in our life where there's a, a new job opportunity that that unfolds, and there are those Absolutely. questions about 
what's next and how how do I manage it? How do I deal with it? And um, how do I look at life's uncertainties? Uh, and that goes back to the question yeah. you said earlier, the what if. And there's so many what ifs when we're faced with choices. Uh, and we make choices every day, but there are some that are more monumental, of course, than others. Um, yes. But I love that. Um, and, and I love how you also explain you know, why that excitement is there for young adult fiction, because you, you, you feel that that's just a, what's such an important time uh, in your life. And you know it is for, for others as well. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, there are other books that you've been a part of as well. Um, there's A Girl's Guide to DIY, Doodles and Designs. Create is a title for that. Yes. Uh, and also, uh, there was a 40-day devotional, uh, Be Strong and Take Heart. It mentions you as a contributor. So talk about uh, that arrangement in particular with that with that uh, devotional uh, with Zondervan. And um, so I'd love to just kind of hear about, about both of those. Yeah, so both of those, I am actually the author on both of those. <laughs> it's the type of contract that they they end up listing you as a contributor. Um, but yeah, I wrote both of those. The, the Create book was really fun. Um, I had gotten to know an editor at the publishing house um, through a writer's conference that I went to. And um, she reached out and said, hey, do you know anybody who's creative? And I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> oh, I, I, paint, I draw, I do... Basically, if it's creative, I'm, I'm in. I call myself a creativity connoisseur. Um, so I got the opportunity to choose all these different crafts and make, I, I made them up, basically. <laughs> I, I wrote down all the, the instructions. I got to make the actual crafts. The crafts that are in the book are the things that I made, and I had to ship them all off in a box to Michigan, and that was a harrowing moment, but it turned out <laughs> fine. They all made it. <laughs> um, so that was a really fun project because it was so low pressure. And again, felt like a gift to my younger self when I would, when I was like eight, I would wake up in the mornings and just make stuff. I'm sure it drove my parents crazy, but it was so much fun. That's just what I did. I would go and dig all the craft supplies out of the cabinets and make whatever came to my mind. And so it felt like I was getting to do that again, but get paid for it, <laughs> which is kind of the dream of every artist is like, yes, I want to make these wonderful things and then actually like be able to pay my bills. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a really fun project to do. And that one is for um, eight to 12 year old girls. And I loved that. Um, and then be strong and take heart again. Uh, that was another. Yeah, exactly. I love it. <laughs> that one was another one where um, they approached me and said, hey, we're looking for someone to write a 40 day devotional on the heart for teen girls. Wow. Would you be interested. And um, I'm kind of picky about the projects that I take on. I do have a day job as well. And so it's like, I, I have to be a little selective about what I spend my time doing. <laughs> right. Um, right. But that one for sure, I knew pretty immediately that was a good fit for me writing about the heart for teen girls. Um, I ended up just uh, sitting down writing the whole thing. It's, it's 40 days. I actually, I think it's like 50 because they asked for extras to to put online and stuff like that yeah. um but yeah the 40 that made it in that book there it's really special to me and it was just really um I, I you know honestly I feel like sometimes I wrote that one more for my adult self yeah. <laughs> than yeah. I than even for the teen girls who are reading it but it, because you just go through and, and read it and it's like did I even write that that wow that that just hit me where I needed it when 
it going through some really tough stuff. It was, I would open it up and I'm like, I'm not sure I wrote that. That sounds like, that sounds like God speaking directly to me. Wow. <laughs> and, um, that is very, very, very cool to write, write something yeah. like that. And then to hear every once in a while, I do get messages from, from young women who've read it and they say, yeah, that just really, that really helped me through a tough time or this really connected with me. I really identified with the things in here. And to me that that's what it's about. It's not, I don't care about being famous or whatever. It's like, no, I am living out this, this love that God gave me and helping other people to discover him and who they, who he made them to be too. And, and that's just, that's living the dream. That's, that's what's important. Do you find yourself maybe being open? I'm sure open um, to writing another devotional because it, it sounds like this really, um, it's, it spoke through you and spoke to you at the same time. Yeah, I definitely would. Um, again, they approached me on that one. And it's kind of like, if, <laughs> if they come to me, then then I would consider it. Um, I could probably pitch some. Um, I am taking around an idea about writing a devotional on identity, but that's a really really big topic. Right. <laughs> so I feel like I have to really sit with that one. I've been sitting with that one for a few years now, um, but I think it still has a few more years to, to sit and, and marinate yeah. before I'm yeah. ready to go there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's always something that, that I, that I keep with me and try to, to, to pick up on pieces. I have an email newsletter where I kind of write little snippets of devotionals, um, like really short. It's like 150, 200 words. Yeah. <laughs> every every month and so that's kind of where where I scratch my devotional itch <laughs> well, that's great I, and I and I loved uh, reading through this as well and uh, I have a daughter who's a young adult uh, actually she yeah she's a young adult um, and um, I am I'm gonna let her uh, take a take a look at it as well I think it's something that she would really oh, appreciate um, I love well. it yeah. that's awesome thank well, you well uh, let's let's go back to your time at Gardner Webb and uh, what brought you to Gardner Webb as a student and when did you realize hey this is really where I need to be and it's going to kind of help nurture my my writing love yeah this is hilarious okay so I went to all sorts of different colleges did the whole North Carolina South Carolina Georgia Virginia tour <laughs> of all the universities and um I mean, some, some felt like better fits than others. Um, and I think my mom and I went to Gardner Webb toward the end of my search. And <laughs> this is so dumb. I thought they had a rock climbing wall and I was like, yeah, I'm in. I love rock climbing. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. But I mean, you know, God gets you where he wants you, however he needs to. So, um, <laughs> and I, that ended up being like, I did, I did climbing for my, my PE credits. <laughs> it, it was, I mean, it was great, but it, it definitely ended up being the best place for me. I found my community there. I found um, one of my roommates from Gardner-Webb is still one of my best friends today. And um, I I found an English department that cared about me as a person. I ended up being able to do my work study through the English department and got to know them all really well and felt like they were kind of like a family to me. I loved spending time there. <laughs> and so it really was. It ended up being just a place where I got to learn who I was. I got to grow as an adult and and 
meet new people and meet people who believe different things than me and people who believe the same things as me and people who um, just were so exciting to be around. Yeah. And so I, yeah, it, it, it sounds so silly to say, oh yeah, it was the, the climbing wall that, that brought me, but like, <laughs> I don't know whatever gets you in the door. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, and, and then once you're in the door, you, you make the best of what you've got and, exactly. and you decide, okay, is this, is, is, it, is there more to the climbing wall than, yeah, there was <laughs> more to the climbing wall <laughs> or more than the climbing wall. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you had mentioned uh, in, in some of your writing that there was a particular name, uh, Gil Bolt uh, Price, yes. Dr. Gil Bolt, Bolt Price, and she was a legend at Gardner-Webb, uh, both in English, but also as an administrator, and uh, I think that she uh, had some encouragement for you, encouraging words for you. She was a, a kind of an influence mentor. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about that, and if there's anything in particular that you remember that she left you that you continue to carry along with you. Yeah, um, I, so I had classes with her all throughout my career at Gardner-Webb because being an English major, and she taught a lot of the, the English writing in particular classes. Um, so I had uh, an advanced composition class with her sophomore year um, that I really enjoyed. And then I also had a senior year second semester, I had a young adult fiction class with her. And um, it was really funny because that was second semester of my thesis class. And I had already put together all this stuff for my thesis. For the first semester, we'd all prepared and outlined and all the things you've already heard my less than stellar history with outlining. <laughs> and I had I had this whole different idea lined up. And then I started taking young adult fiction with Dr. Price, and I was like, uh, I'm writing the wrong thesis. Wow. <laughs> and wow. so I scrapped the entire thing over Christmas break. And I was like, nope, I'm, I'm doing something else. And I, I think I remember them being like, are you sure? Like, that's that was a lot of research that you put into yeah. the first semester. Are you sure you can fit it all in in, in one semester? And I was like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. And um, she ended up being my mentor for my for my thesis uh, based on everything that I did uh, for young fiction. And my thesis ended up being about young adult fiction, about self-image and relationships in young adult fiction. And wow. so... Um, it was really cool to be able to connect with her and and have these thesis meetings with her and kind of talk over like what am I what am I writing here what am I looking at what are the themes that are important to me what am what am I uh, I ended up looking at um, young adult fiction from like the 1940s all the way through the early 2000s at the time wow. and so it was wow. really fun to get her perspective on that and and just hear her her thoughts and and her understanding of the time and and the literature and how it evolved and how it changed and um yeah it was so exciting and I loved that that young adult fiction class that was hands down my favorite class my wow. entire career at Gardner-Webb it was yeah. it was so much fun to be able to sit and read young adult fiction <laughs> and then talk about it in class right we had such a great time wow well, uh, as you've continued to, to follow the, the writing path and expressing yourself, what do you think is probably the greatest lesson you learned from your Gardner-Webb experience that's still with you? 
I think Gardner Webb helped me build a really strong foundation of, of the basics, of the, the things that you have to have down in order to make writing a career. Writing as a career is really difficult. It is very slow. It, you, there is rejection all the time. <laughs> I, I have my, my fiction, my nonfiction, it's been rejected more times, obviously, than it's ever been published. I have lots of things that have not been published that maybe one day will be. But in order to keep going when things like that happen, when you get the rejections, when you get the, the so many no's, and when it takes decades instead of the months that you thought it would to get published like you need to know that you know that you know that this is something that you love and that this is something that you're good at and that this is something you can do and I think that's what Gardner Webb gave me because I had so much encouragement from all my professors who were telling me like you 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 have talent in this you can do this this is this is something you you have learned you've done well and then they helped polish that and helped give me um routine and strategies and and assignments that kind of tailored that for me to help me become a better writer. I think a lot of my fellow English majors ended up being teachers and attorneys and those are great, but like that was never my path. I always knew, no, I just want to write books. Yeah. And yeah. they were so kind to to come alongside me and, and be like, well, if you want to write books, like here's a great resource for you. Or here's a, here's a good strategy for you to keep writing. And I think I've carried that on through pretty much ever since. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, we'll uh, get in the time machine, go back and talk to your 17 year old self. Uh, what, what words of wisdom would you give to your 17 year old self? Uh, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I, it, like we were saying earlier, it's, Everything feels big and scary because it is big and scary, but the reality is that God is bigger than the big and scary and there, there is a plan and there is a purpose for the rest of your life. And, and you, you may carry these dreams inside of you that may, you may have to carry for a long time before they come to fruition, but it's going to be okay. And you'll be better for it when, when those things actually come about, when, when, they actually happen. You'll be better prepared. You'll be, you'll be who you need to be for that moment. Um, so it's going to be okay. The stress is real. The, the fear is real. It's, but, um, you're, yeah, it's, it's going to be okay. Awesome. You, you've 100% got this. That's the, <laughs> that's the, that's the thing. We've got just a little time left. We're getting ready to wrap up. Uh, but I do want to, uh, make sure you're able to share, uh, where people can find your work, and then if there's anything else you want to make sure you share with the audience. Yeah, absolutely. I would love it if people would uh, visit my website. It's Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y dash Mays, M-A-Y-S dot <laughs> uh, com. And that's basically the place where you can find everything about me. Um, you can find all of my books. You can buy any of them from there um, and find all my social media. I'm Ashley N. Mays on most social media. Um I would love if people could sign up for my email newsletter. It's called Inbox Confetti. Um, it's just once a month, and I call it a party for your inbox. It is a celebration of strength, dignity, and laughter for your inbox. And so it's just a short email of, of fun links and um, recent book releases that some people that I know have put out and uh, a little tiny piece of devotional content. 
Um, and then anytime that I have a new release, I use that to kind of help spread the word there too. But yeah, my, my website is definitely the easiest way to find everything about me. So that's just <laughs> ashley-maze.com. <laughs> Ashley, thanks for taking the time to, to chat with us and uh, to share your, your love of writing and uh, your love of connecting with others through that. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we were able to do this. I've been looking forward to it and I'm happy it happened. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, me too. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. I'd like to thank Ashley Mays for being our guest today on this edition of Web Chat. You can check out her work on ashleymays.com and it's actually A-S-H-L-E-Y dash Mays, M-A-Y-S.com. Once again, Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y dash Mays, M-A-Y-S dot com. You can find us subscribe to official Garden Web podcasts like these on your favorite platforms. And we do appreciate you taking the time to join us for web chat. And we hope to see you next time right here on the Bulldog Nation podcast network. Until then, from the Elliott House podcast studios on the Garden Web University campus, I'm Noel T. Manning II.